Hello, my name is Dylan Arvella and welcome back to Away From The Pitch. For those listening for the first time, there are already four interviews in the archive for you to work through, but today for episode five, I'm joined by IPL stalwart Matt Naylor. Matt, thanks for coming on. We're recording this of an evening, so hopefully your kids are uh, well on the way to being sound asleep, but how's life treating you? Yeah, thanks for having me, Dylan. Yeah, all pretty good, mate. Yep, keeping the kids busy. No worries. I'm sure that is a tricky task for a lot of parents out there, but we've got you on to talk about your career, of course, and I'm going to be starting this interview a little bit differently. You you were going into your 21st season of senior football in 2020. Most watching over the last few years would know you as a reliable, perhaps no-thrills defender in uh, playing left or right fullback, but, but when you hang up your boots, what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, yeah, I guess, mate, look, I've made a lot of friends and had a, good, a lot of good memories over the years. And, um, yeah, I, I guess I just, I guess I could remember for just giving it everything uh, week in, week out and, you know, not leaving anything out there. And, and then, you know, just enjoying a beer after the game is always a, a good thing as well. Your family has been so active within local football for, for decades. Of course, George and Mavis, your, your grandparents and, you know, your dad as well and Steve and... Um, Andrew. Oh, fire yeah, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say George again, of course. Um, <laughs> how... Did you have uh, any days of the week where you weren't involved with football growing up? Yeah, look, I actually started pretty late uh, myself. I didn't start playing until I was uh, in under nines out at uh, Coromel. Um, so yeah, I was a bit of a late bloomer, I guess you could say, because most kids are now starting, you know, four or five soccer joeys, that type of thing. So yeah, yeah. But ever since then, mate, yeah, it's been pretty full on. Um, but yeah. were you were you going to games of a weekend? Because I'm sure that your your family would have been well occupied, especially around weekends. Yeah, it was it was all football. Um, yeah, I actually only come about starting to play when we went to England in 1990, and yeah, I loved it over there and went to Old Trafford and seen plenty of games over there, and then I actually got a taste for it there, and I come back and that's when I started playing under nines, and yeah, ever since then, mate, that was it. So how long was that trip back then? Um, I think we went away for oh, maybe two and a half months, I think, at the time there, yeah. And going to Old Trafford, of course, you're a Manchester United supporter. Absolutely, made you made your eyes get a bit wider and think of the uh, the glory that could be involved <laughs> with football, perhaps. Yeah, most definitely, mate. Theatre of dreams. It's uh, yeah. If there's any United fans out there that haven't been yet, definitely, mate, put it on your wish list. That's for sure. What do you think your earliest memories of a local football game is then? Uh, in local, uh, yeah. Look, I think back in the day when I started playing, you know, seniors at uh, what, sixteen, um, uh, the average age was quite quite high than it is now. So the average age was probably twenty six, I guess. Yeah. And you know, now it's only you know twenty two, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. So yeah, a lot of um, more experienced players playing back then as there is now. But yeah, you pick, you pick it up pretty quick. Um, and back then, look, if you were playing, at, you know, if you were good enough at 16, you were playing first grade. So, yeah. So, yeah. And you did break into the first grade setup at Tarawana as a as about the age of 16. You were you were telling me 
beforehand that you were a Coromel Junior and you ended up, I think you were dual registered between the two clubs? Uh, so dual registration was between um, Tarawana Juniors and Tarawana Seniors. Oh, okay, yep. At, at, in, uh, I think it was 14s and 15s and 16s. So you could play, you know, play on the Saturday with one team and then play on the Sunday with the, you know, with the senior, senior team or whatever it may be if it was flipped around one weekend. Yeah, so it was uh, doubleheader every weekend back then. And when you broke into that Tarawana setup, what what was it like? Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, a lot of the older boys there, they welcomed me with open arms. And, yeah, I come off the bench there one game down at Balambi and uh, I was lucky enough to score with me second touch, I think. And, yeah, that, that was it from then. I had the taste for it, so I wanted to keep uh, surging on and just practice, practice all the time after that, so. Yeah. Can you talk us through the goal? Um, yeah, I think we were headed heading north. I think it was the second half. I come on and um, I think the ball come from the sideline, just inside, um, from the right side actually. It come in, yeah, and I took a one touch and then hit it and lobbed the keeper, hit the crossbar, I think, and bounced down and went in. So, yeah, happy days. And your old man was the coach of the Blueies at the time? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. And obviously he's been a big influence um, in my career. And, uh, yeah, he's taught me he's taught me everything I know. I'm sure he, he'd tell you <laughs> that as well. <laughs> but, yeah, ever since then, you know, yeah, always loved playing. So, What sort of a footballer were you growing up playing junior football when you first broke into the senior setup at the Blueies? You were... A bit more of offensively minded, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was definitely energetic, and you know, uh, as you know, you know, when you're 15, 16, you're you're bulletproof, and um, you, you you don't go and warm up at training. You just get straight in it, and you know, smashing balls in the net or whatever it may be. So, so yeah, yeah, it just heaps energetic, and yeah, just keen to keep going through training and games or whatever it may be. And you were playing on the flank. That's, yeah, that's right wing. Dangerous. Right wing was me. Um, that was me spot there. And we're probably going to touch on it a bit later, but the transition back, further back on down the field. But those nine seasons at Tarawana, um, what are your perhaps the defining memories of your time with the Blueies? It was a couple of a couple of times, especially one year where you got within two points of the Dandy. I think that was two thousand and five, of taking out the league title, which is probably the the brightest days in recent years for the club. But uh, yep. those first nine years, what do you take away from those? It looked great family club. Um, you know, can't go wrong when you when you um, play football under a family-orientated club, that's for sure. But, um, look, there was no real defining season as such. But um, I do remember the, the second last year I had there, my first stint was uh, I had played really well that year. And I think I scored 12 goals, I think, as a right winger. And... Um, yeah, yeah. Fond memories then, back then, that's for sure. With one thing that in Tarawana's only competitive game this season in the FA Cup, you, you scored a goal in that, and that was from the penalty spot. So I want to ask, because yep. you're actually quite a noted penalty taker, when did you start taking taking those spot kicks? Uh, I'd say probably around about the 14s, under 14s, I'd say. So, were you atta- what age did you were you allowed to pick pick it up when you when you broke into senior football? I imagine there would have been some older players that would have uh, scoffed at giving the ball over to a 16, 17 year old to take a penalty yeah. kick. When so, when did you start uh, 
getting those responsibilities? Yeah, I think probably probably a year or so after I got into the first grade team, I'd, I'd say the not not when I was sixteen, but probably the year after seventeen, around about then. I, yeah, I just yeah, I think they, I think someone gave me the opportunity. I can't quite remember if it was one of the other strikers or something, but yeah, and then I just took it with open arms and. Yeah, it's one of those things, mate. Penalties. If the keeper goes the wrong way, you look looks really good, but if the keeper uh, picks it, then yeah, it doesn't look very good at all. <laughs> but as a fullback these days, you must be pretty pretty uh, delighted to get the chance to get a get a direct shot on goal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of other um, good um, fullbacks out there right now that that bomb on a lot much more than what I would. Um, but yeah, you just—I you, think you just got to pick and choose you, the times that you go forward, and and you know make sure you're not running back all game, mm. doing your defensive yep. duties as well. You moved to Bulai in 2007. Um, how did <clears throat> and that that year the side came second, runners up in the grand final. How, but how did that move to Balls Paddock work out? So how did that come about, rather? Yeah, so that that's that second last season I had there at Tarana, I had a really good year. I um, actually got a call from Noddy, uh, Adrian Alston. Um, yeah, he rang me at the end of the year to uh, get me to come over to Bulloy and I was humming and harring and because I had a, a pretty good year that year, I um, decided against it. Um, so then I had another year at Tarra and I didn't have the best years uh, <clears throat> that year. And then, then he called me again a year later and, yeah, and then I made the move over and, yeah. Was it hard saying no to Adrian Austin at that stage? Oh, look, absolutely. I dwelled on it for weeks and weeks, but um, he, he, yeah, he, he kept ringing me and he, he wanted an answer. And you know, it's Adrian Austin. <laughs> you, you, you definitely um, listen when he talks. You definitely listen to him. So, yeah, it was definitely hard to knock it back the first time. There's no doubt about it. Well, you got the opportunity to move there uh, the next season, of course. When we're touching years of bullye in a moment, but. You also went over over back to England to for a, a working holiday, I believe, and you got to play football over there as well. Yeah, that's right. So in the last couple of years, there playing uh, playing at Terra, uh, Darren Stone was playing, and um, yeah, he, he ended up going back to England for a little while, and he he said, uh, what, "Why don't you come over?" So yeah, uh, my wife and I we went over there on a working holiday, and um, <clears throat> we moved down to Taunton, down in Somerset. On uh, January the second, I think, uh, two thousand and eight, um, and yeah, he was he was playing local football there for Taunton Town, and he ended up playing as well. And yeah, it was a really great experience. Um, yeah, I mean, the the average age there was geez, uh, nineteen, twenty, and very uh, individual players, you would say. Um, but yeah, as I said, great experience. Somerset for those that aren't uh, too au fait with the English geography is quite a fair way from Manchester, I believe, but uh, down on the south coast, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's about three hours. Uh, what was uh, the winning conditions over there like playing at, I'm not sure what tier that would have been in the English football pyramid, but uh, probably probably a bit far away from Old Trafford. Um, so yeah, what, what definitely. What was it like in the middle of winter? Oh look, mate. Yeah, it's it, it's it wasn't too bad down south. I think actually they get it uh, much worse in um, Manchester up that way. But um, yeah. it wasn't. It only actually snowed there. I think for uh, one hour during our time there. That was about it. So it wasn't actually too bad there. So I used to ride my push bike to to work 
uh, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, I was, I was able to do that, so it wasn't too bad. So you spent uh, just the one season there? Yeah, yeah, I, I did, yeah. And then I, I started playing the – so it was, it was so obviously it was the second half of the year then, and then I, I started the pre-season with them again and played a few games and then I actually come, come back home <clears throat> for a little while and then, then went back again and sort of lost a bit of um, – interest there because they they changed coaches yeah um, so then i went and played for another uh, local team i think the division below wellington they were called yeah and that was that was a good hit out as well no that would have been a an interesting experience you probably don't see too many i don't know who would have been the last englishman to play uh locally oh actually carly daly actually comes from the front comes from england Played for Bulaw Manuna in recent years, but I can't think of too many. Yeah, that's other right. There, no, there definitely definitely isn't. Uh, I'm not really sure why. Um, yeah, well, why wouldn't you want to live in Australia? You know, <laughs> great weather, beaches, all that type of stuff. Yeah, no doubt. Now back to Bulaw. This is this is something that obviously Bulaw. After a couple of years after you left, they broke their. Uh, well, what I repeatedly called, I guess, a lot of people called the hoodoo. Yep. Um, but in your time there, there were five grand final defeats. Um, obviously, to be in five grand final shows that the side was one of the best sides over that period. There's no disputing that. But as a player, what is what is that like? Yeah, look, I, I always went into a, a grand final as if it was, you know, just really just another game. You know, obviously, being a grand final, you're nervous and and what you know, there's a lot more people there watching. But you, but I always thought you just treat it as another game. You know, you don't play any different to it you would normally. You just give it 100 percent and hopefully you got the result at the end of the day. But um, you know, maybe I should have, considering those five defeats, maybe I should have changed my theory a little bit and you know had a few beers the night before the game or something. <laughs> like, something you know, something to change it up a bit. But um, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't won one yet, so. But over that, so the you would have had Noddy, uh, Ben Smith, and there, who would have been the other coaches in that uh, period? Or that? No, I think that was, yeah, yeah, that was, that was it. That yeah, was it, I think. did yeah. they, was it, but in, you can talk about individually, but were you, was there any talk during the weeks leading up to the one, the ones later on? Say the second, third, and fourth, and fifth ones in the weeks leading up. Did anything change? No, team? not a so, look. Obviously, always uh, training definitely picks up in once you hit the semis. Training picks up a yeah. bit, and everyone's keen. Everyone's getting stuck in, kicking each other. But yeah, it's as I said, you you don't do a lot different. Um, I think actually think the well, I did win it a couple of years ago. They actually, I think they actually stayed in a hotel the night before, uh, or you know, same hotel the area, and then went out for breakfast the next morning. So. They tried something different that year, and it obviously worked. But um, usually, you know, you just go about your business as a, a normal game. It is just one of the weird anomalies of the of the Illawarra Premier League, I guess, because, like I mentioned, to be in five grand finals over that period of time shows the the quality of a side. Now, yep. while you were bullies, when you made the shift from wing to fullback, yep. what year was what year or what time was that, and what led to that? Uh, look, I can't quite remember what year it was. Um, yeah, I, I think Noddy, 
seen the opportunity there to uh, play me at, at right fullback there because um, we had you know we had a couple of quality wingers there um, at the time and um, yeah he just moved me back there and you know some would say it's a natural progression to go from as you get older go from right wing to right back or left wing to left back that type of thing so yeah I just took it with open arms and I tried to bomb on as much as I could and yeah it worked out pretty well in the end. And you also, did you feel comfortable enough to go play left back as well? Yeah, um, yeah. As I was telling you before, the uh, Noddy actually he did play me one year uh, left fullback, and actually had a really good year that year, and you know, uh, won an award there at Bulleye. But um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you, you play wherever the coach puts you. Basically, you're not you're not going to argue with the coach, and you're definitely not going to argue with Adrian Olsen, That's for sure. He had the, uh, you know, he. He had that demeanour about him, but um, you know, if you if you weren't good enough, he would he would tell you. But then again, if you did something really good during a game, or you know, you were really good, then he would tell you that as well. So, yeah, no, he would have been an interesting person to be coached by. There's no doubt about that. One thing that I do want to touch on in the grand finals again was there any particular grand final over that period that perhaps you felt let slip, the side let slip more than. More yeah, absolutely, mate. The, that one against Paul Kemba, where we uh, lost to Paul Kemba. Uh, I think. Um, 2013. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, 2013. I think. I think I scored. Uh, I had my penalty saved, and then I scored the the rebound. I think that was a game. Um, and then we, we were actually very comfortable that first whole first half. Um, you know, we didn't feel threatened, and 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 that. And then I think really late, last kick of the. The game in the first half, I think um, we conceded a, a, a very scrappy goal. It was, I think it was an own goal from Bryce Daniel and the goals there. And I think straight after that, I think we just put our heads down. And second half was completely different. They Paul Campbell just wiped us off the park basically. But I, yeah, I you know in hindsight, if, if that didn't goal didn't go in, then you know maybe we would have went on to win it. But but yeah, that that was definitely the the, the game where I thought yeah look. You know, we're looking good here. We're cruising, and but yeah, what wasn't meant to be. And that was the season where Port Kembler took out the league with Bulleye coming in second place uh, back in what did I say? Two thousand thirteen. Yeah, yeah. But so you had nine years in total at Balls Paddock, the same amount as you spent at uh, Tarawana Oval for your first stint. But you decided to head back to the Blueies yep. for two thousand and seventeen. But how do you reflect on Bulleye? The bulleye spell overall quite successful on the field, even though you, you, the, you know there could have been more manuals, but overall quite a successful stay there. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Obviously, we won the, the league there back in uh, 2014, and um, yeah, fantastic club. I, I've got absolutely fond memories there. I've got great friends, and yeah, they're brilliant. I love love my time there at Bulleye, and yeah. Why did you go back to Tarawana? Was that just the obvious choice? Uh, yeah, I think I think um, I think I was always going to go back there at some stage. Um, yeah, and I think I think the the last year I had there um, at Bulleye, I, I got injured. I missed. I got a quad injury and I missed probably six six weeks there, and I, I couldn't get back into the team because you know they had a lot of quality players in the team, so it's a little bit frustrating. But um, and then yeah, as this, as the season wore on and come around to signing again for next year, I. Well, I signed a few more defenders, defensive-minded players, and I thought, look, yeah, it might be difficult at my age to, to, you know, get my foot in the door again and 
and you know hold that right back position. So uh, that was the year that Bales actually took over. So no, I got nothing against Bales at all. Get along well with Bales, but um, yeah, and I just thought, oh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go back to Terra and see how we go there. So yeah. I haven't heard too much about Peter Willis's pro seasons, but I have heard that uh, Matt Bailey's pro seasons were were quite intense. So uh, potentially the potentially a good move. Your first um, season back at the Blueies, Tarawana had an incredible start to the campaign, and it didn't quite. Uh, you weren't able to carry the momentum through. But what what are your recollections of your first season back at Tarawana Oval? Yeah, look, it was um, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. The you know the place hadn't changed. It's you know had that same you know, vibe there up at Harrigan Street, and yeah, no, it was really good. We just everyone just stuck in and um, yeah, did the nitty gritty, and yeah, we, we were cruising there at some stage. At at um, you know, I think it was a quarter of the way through, we we're going really good, and um, we bad had a bad spell then, and then we picked it up again in the second half of the year, and yeah, and, yeah, no, no, I really enjoyed my time back there at Tara. Am I right in thinking that you did you actually play? Was it you were you just playing with a back three for a, uh, for a bit there? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Pete Pete uh, changes it up uh, a fair bit. Um, he sort of he changes the formation to who you're playing against because uh, yeah. look, uh, Pete he watches a lot of games. He just doesn't you know watch our games, but he watches a lot of other games and. He he learns how they play and that type of stuff. So he's he's well prepared. He's very professional and and yeah, it definitely we played three at the back, four at the back, uh, five at the back. Yeah, all sorts of combinations there. And then the following two seasons, Tarawana have still been in, in there or thereabouts in terms of the getting into the top five. And then this season, there was actually quite a number of changes with a lot of a uh, few senior faces going out, some new some new faces getting blooded through to. First, first grade. How were you think? What were you thinking about the season ahead? Yeah, look, as you said, yeah, Rick and uh, Jake left, so left a big, left a big hole there. But we got a lot of young guys coming up through the ranks, and um, yeah, the the coaches in the young, the for the young young lads there, they they breed them really tough. So yeah, there's definitely was definitely um, um, a younger squad. Uh, yeah. It was way too early to tell, you know, if we were going to, you know, get top three or, you know, top six or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I mean, we were only, what, three days away from the, the yeah. first game there against Cringilla and they, they pulled the pins. So, yeah, so yeah, definitely optimistic. And that was, I think that was meant to be, was that a Friday night game? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Green Park? Yeah. Far out. I'm just getting a bit nostalgic about a Chavapi under the lights at Grand Park. <laughs> Far out. No, it would have would be, and we'll still get a chance whether it's this year or next to see uh, some of those young faces coming through because there are plenty at Tarawana that have been doing some pretty promising things in the lower grades over yeah, recent absolutely. years. Yeah, um, yeah Pete, Pete's really big on that. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that I think from speaking to people at the club, that's something that. Uh, why they've uh, that why they've been so happy with Peter over the last year years because he has tried to uh, put some emphasis on giving those young players a pathway through to first grade. So eventually yep. we will see that come to fruition. But to wrap things up, we're going to go through and make a Matt Naylor five sides team. You've been you've you've played with some some top quality players over 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 the journey. So it's yep. going to be a Pretty interesting list. We're going to have 
yeah, so a goalkeeper, four outfielders, and I'll give you a benchy if you if you're struggling to uh, fit someone in. But uh, we're going to start off with a goalkeeper, Matt. Okay, mate. Yeah, I've wrote a few names down. Um, I've played with a lot of good goalkeepers, um, but I think the guy that stands out is Yuya Yuya Kawada from uh, Bulai for sure. He just has yeah, he he looks after himself and keeps really fit, and he could just you know he had the agility there. I think you'd be a pretty good futsal keeper as well if it came oh, to things. Oh, there's no was doubt, it, mate. Yeah. Was it one thing that um, I haven't actually asked a, a defender that's played in front of him? Was it was a was a language barrier hard with him? No, 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 not at all. He 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 was quite good. He he understood the game and yeah, he had lots of encouragement. He had never you know never put any any crap on you. Um, yeah, no, no, he he definitely understood and you understood him for sure. I think because he was so good, it makes uh makes makes at least the confidence is there within the defenders to yeah and, rely on the goalkeeper. And we had the you know we had the players you know back then that, that you know had Guy Knight playing at left back there, and he, he was a quality player as you know, and he still is. So uh, you had a really good back line and midfield, Sammy Davies in the midfield, and Ben McDonald up front. So we had a few goals, a few goals in us back then. So. Kept uh, year. Um, he wasn't that busy. <laughs> yeah, well, um, he, he was able to uh, launch a few incredible counter attacks as well. So that's Absolutely. one another aspect yeah. of his game that he was very strong with. Let, how many defenders do you have in this side? Uh, I've got a couple. Um, All right, who's uh, the first I've, one? Look, I've thrown Guy Knight in there. Um, okay, just technically very good, strong. He just smart, and he can read the game. Yeah, he's definitely got to be in there for sure. Any was there any surprise to see him perform so well under Luke Wilkshire at the Wolves? No, not at all. No, no, I I knew he'd uh, make that that switch pretty easily. Um, I didn't think he'd play as many games as he did, but uh, he's he uses uses quality. He does. And it, and it, one thing that. So he was playing left back and then he moved into centre mid for Bulleye. And I think that it seemed as if he was going to be used a left back for the Wolves, which yeah. I guess would be understandable. He's actually shifted inside and showed his quality on the ball. Yeah, the he, he, he actually sure. doesn't like left back. Yeah, he, he played those few years at Bulleye at left back, but he doesn't. He, he prefers to be up higher. What was yeah. he playing when he first came through? Do you know? Yeah, he's, he was left back when he first joined us. Yeah. At, 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 I'm not but sure what he was before that. His ability on the ball is uh, good enough for any position. Absolutely, pretty much. Yeah. And your—that's almost a cheat to say he's a defender. But we'll go for your other your other <laughs> defender as well. Uh, I've yeah, it's it's. I, I could pick a, an older an older guy, I guess. Glenn Glenn Keaton. He's a, a an older guy back from the first stint at Tarawana when I was sixteen, seventeen. Uh, big, strong lad. Won every single header. Um, Got a few yellow cards, but yeah, man, him and uh, Andrew Nail at the back there—they were solid as a rock. So yeah, throwing what him was in it, there. What was it like playing with you? That's one thing that because you would have got uh, Andrew the back of Andrew's crew. What was it like playing with your uncle? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was you know, on the pitch and off the pitch. He's uh, yeah, he was—he's definitely another mentor of mine. You know, I bounce ideas off him off the field and how I can improve my game that type of thing and. And I'm uh, told yeah, no, he was really he was tough as nails as well. I'm told. Yeah, absolutely. He 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 got as many yellow cards as he hands out now. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> what what's it like getting also 
there's plenty of nailers in the game, so you're going to run into them eventually. But what's it like getting refereed by him as well? Because he's, I know that you, you hear on the sideline there is banter there, there or thereabouts. But uh, what is it like? Look, he. Nine how many out times of 10, he gives you been me a yellow card? Yeah, he gives me a yellow card nearly every time. But um, it is it is a little bit difficult. Um, you know, he you hear lots of you know people putting crap on him or, you know, oh, no, we've got Naylor again, that type of thing. But, yeah, that, that doesn't faze me. It is it is what it is. They're obviously yeah. short on referees. So you, whoever you get out there, it doesn't really matter. You just go out and play the best of your team. Yeah, and I think uh, those yellow cards will make some for some interesting uh, Christmas lunch discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's, move <laughs> into to the, let's move into the midfield. Yeah, I've got Darren Stone in there. Because I've played with him for so long, he's uh, he's yeah, he's got that. Um, well, he did have that pace about him. He, he's still got it now, but not not as much as he used to. And that skill, you know, he could Darren could turn a game just like that. You know, if you're under the pump and whatever, you could just you know take on two or three defenders and yeah, score a goal or slot that ball straight across for someone to tap it in. So yeah, definitely yeah. had him in there. An extremely skillful player and. When he's picked, he's had a few injuries over the last few years, and when he's yeah. dropped out of the side, you've really—I imagine—you've really felt his his absence. Yeah, and he's—he knows he's, um, you know, get, uh, getting a bit older. So yeah, he's got to look after himself, and he—he yeah, he, he definitely wants to um, finish on a high note and and play as much as he can. And but uh, yeah, and to round out this team up top, uh, look, I put. Brad Boardman in there, uh, as you okay. know, Helensburg coach. I played with him, so he was in the team. That I also had uh, Shane Lyons. He was a left back. Um, Pete Gaffney was left wing uh, back in those days. And, yeah, with uh, I was knocking balls in from the right and Pete Gaffney on the left, and Brad was just there. He was there every time. He swerved his head. and well, he's, he's very skillful and, yeah, quality finisher, Brad was. Yeah, I I only got got to see his back end of of, uh, of his playing career at when he was coming on for cameos for Ellensburg, but he was still making a nuisance of himself when he when he got on. But I have heard a lot of uh, glowing reports from his from his uh, day, so he would have scored a buck a load of goals. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. He's and he's played quite high up there in the um, you know, National Premier League there as well. Yeah. So he's got a, a mountain of goals, and I'm not surprised, mate. Yeah, quality player. No worries. So that's a uh, pretty good, pretty good lineup there, Matt. Uh, yep. It'll be interesting to see once we get finish all these interviews. Maybe we'll do some uh, compare and contrast of these five side teams. But that about uh, wraps up today's episode. So Matt, I'm going to uh, let you go and hit the hay. But I think, but uh, I want to thank you very much for your time. No worries, Dylan. Mate, thanks for having me. Cheers. A big thank you to all who have been tuning in twice a week over the last couple of weeks. I hope you're all keeping well and be sure to join me again on Friday for episode six of Away From The Pitch.